Hello and welcome to the GMHBA Healthier Together podcast series. This series has been developed to assist you to master your health and well-being. Health is too hard when you try to go it alone, and we know that together we are healthier. Today on the show, we'll be discussing everything to do with exercise with our guest, Sam Wood. Sam is one of Australia's leading fitness experts and a personal trainer with over 18 years of experience in the fitness industry. From a humble fitness instructor at his university gym during his first year of exercise science to a personal trainer doing 90 appointments a week and opening Gecko Sports, Australia's first ever kids gym, Sam has been lucky enough to experience it all. Today, Sam is the proud owner of The Woodshed, Australia's largest personal training studio in Brighton. Victoria. He's also a celebrity trainer, media commentator, and regular contributor to print and digital media with a refreshingly honest and relatable take on all things health and fitness, as well as being the founder, mentor, and trainer at 28 by Sam Wood. Sam Wood, welcome to the GMHVA Healthier Together podcast series. Great to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Now, Sam, you're a husband, a father, and owner of two businesses and a media contributor. How do you juggle all this and get sleep at night? Uh, there's not much sleep happening at the moment, mate. I've got a 13-week-year-old and a two-year-old, so <laughs> every hour is very precious. Look, I think uh, I think people often assume you juggle things better than you do. Everything looks pretty glamorous on Instagram and all these other places that they see you, but we just do our best, and I'm very, very lucky to have such an incredible wife, that's for sure. So tell us the story of how you got into the fitness industry. When and where did it all start? Uh, so for me, I, uh, I joined my first gym when I was 17 years old because I was a very, very skinny kid down in Hobart. I was six foot three, which is the same height I am now. And I weighed 68 kilos. I now weigh 98 kilos. So there wasn't much meat on the old bones, that's for <laughs> sure. And, uh, I love sport. Um, I definitely wanted to bulk up a bit, I think, from a self-confidence perspective. So that's sort of where I discovered the gym and slowly, emphasis on the slowly, but surely it started to pay dividends and I couldn't believe how much it helped my confidence grow and helped my sport. And uh, I've always loved people. So I think I think my own positive personal experience with the gym, the fact that I love people, add to that the fact I was probably a bit lost and didn't know what else I wanted to do. I kind of landed... Uh, in this space, ended up applying to do human movement and started down the road here in Ballarat, where I started my degree. And one year in to that degree, my first year of human movement, we had this incredible guy, Craig Harper, come down and talk to all the all the human movement students from first year to third year. And he owned this incredible studio in Brighton, Melbourne. He paint, took us all on this sort of visual journey as he described it, a thousand square metres and 30 trainers and running track around the outside and thousands of clients coming through a week. And it just made me think that's what I want. You know, that's, I don't want to be a gym instructor. I don't necessarily want to head into the lab. I want something like that where I really get to use my personality and have a sort of immediate impact on real people every day. So I pestered Craig, his name was Craig Harper. I pestered him fairly incessantly to come and uh, give me a chance doing work experience. He was a bit reluctant, not being, he wasn't being uh, difficult. He just sort of said, oh, logistically, you're in Ballarat and I'm in Melbourne and I've been down this path before and it doesn't usually work, mate. But I was a persistent little bugger and I wouldn't take no for an answer and eventually said yes. And after two weeks of 5am starts and scrubbing toilets and 
shadowing anyone that would let me shadow them. Um, he was kind enough to say, Sammy, if you're prepared to move to Melbourne next year and um, relocate your degree, I'll give you a hand there. I know some university contacts here in Melbourne. Uh, would love to have you on board. And that's when I was 21 that all happened. I never really looked back. It was kind of, um, I, I guess I felt like I'd found my calling. I really loved the early mornings, the split shifts didn't worry me at all. I was hungry. I loved what I was doing. I was getting great results with people. My business grew quite quickly. And uh, yeah, that was where it all started. So the day-to-day of being a personal trainer, what is it that you like about it? Uh, I mean, first and foremost, helping people, changing, help, helping people change their lives. You can have a real impact. I mean, a trainer is so much more a good trainer. You know, you're a friend, you're a mentor, you're a bit of a psychologist. You really get to know these people well when you're seeing them two, three, four, five times a week for an hour at a time. You know, you spend more time with these people than they spend with their family sometimes. So, you, you know, and you get, it, it's quite an emotional journey. When you're getting that physical change, it, it almost always has to come from an emotional place to get proper results. And so you get to know these people really well. I'm a pretty open book and I think they enjoy getting to know me quite well. Um, you know, this wet behind the ears kid from Tassie who was having a crack in Melbourne and just, uh, you know, enthusiasm and oh, I don't know, a bit of a blind optimist and all this kind of stuff. But it, I, I just really resonated well with my clients and um, I've always loved the business side of things. And as I sort of had more success in that space, I wanted to try more things. Um, so after being a personal trainer, running my own business as a subcontractor for five years, I opened Gecko Sports, which was Australia's first ever kids gym. That was sort of my first foray into my own real business on my own. And, um, that was after school programs, birthday parties, uh, sports coaching. We opened Junior Gecko, a three to five year old developmental program for the little toddlers. And I just, I've always loved kids. Um, I'd still do some mum PT in the mornings, but Gecko was predominantly then what I was doing. And um, that was that was kind of my real taste of having your own business. So I was lucky that I had so much passion behind what I was doing, but I was equally passionate about the business side of things. And so for 10 years, I ran Gecko and uh, 40 franchises around Australia and very, very proud of um, the work I did. Didn't make a hell of a lot of money, but really felt like I was making an impact and changing some kids' lives and having a really positive impact on them at such an early influential age. Um, and yeah, fast forward to today, I now own the same studio that Craig Harper took me to. So that same place that was called Harper's Personal Training is now called The Woodshed. That's been my personal training studio for seven years. I now have 30 trainers that work for me. Uh, really proud of it. It's a great studio in Brighton and I have an online program, which is my most recent business, but by far the most successful and most exciting and most challenging. And that is our 28 by Samwood, which is my online health and fitness program that uh, yeah, I launched in Feb 2016. And it's uh, yeah, never a dull moment with that. It's gone absolutely crazy. 200,000 people have done the program in three and a half years and I love every second of it. Just, you know, people say, what do you like about that compared to personal training? And it's just the ability to help more people. I think when you can literally deliver workouts and great recipes and support via people's phones or iPads or laptops into their lounge room, into their homes and help so many people and it's so scalable, 
that's what's what's so exciting about it. Yeah, right. Congratulations on yeah, that. Yeah, thank you, mate. Yeah, very proud of it. Now, of course, you were also on The Bachelor. I was. And I was. <laughs> and I wouldn't be here without it. I, I think it's important to remember where you've come from and it's the best thing. It's the hardest thing I ever did and the best thing I ever did. I met my wife and my little girl, Evie, and we now have two more little girls and it's absolutely been um, fantastic for 28 as well. So, yeah, very, very thankful that I that I took that crazy, scary, but, uh, yeah, brilliant plunge. How did you keep fit during all that filming? That was hard. That was hard. That was uh, – and, to be honest, I probably didn't keep that fit. It, it's, it's full on. So they put you in a batch pad, as it's known. You've got a minder 24-7, and they, you know, fantastic guys that would take care of you. But I had no idea the – I'd never been on TV before. I'd never experienced the world of television. You know, what you see is not what happens behind the scenes in regards to just how intense it is and how uh, time-consuming it is. And, you know, we were filming six days a week, 14 to 15 hours a day. You know, you're travelling at all these incredible locations, but that means lots of travel time and you're in helicopters and Porsches and, you know, seaplanes. It was incredible, but really, really full-on. So... I had a little courtyard at the house that I stayed at. I had a set of dumbbells, a kettlebell and a TRX. And if I had a spare 20 minutes, I got stuck in. Yeah, right. So what about your own weekly exercise routine now? Yeah, look, I think everyone assumes you're a gym junkie or, you know, you have to train for hours each day. That's not really my style. I I think I train for very different reasons now than I did when I first started. You know, I alluded to the fact it was to get some muscle and get some confidence. And then even beyond that, it was probably to impress the girls and all that, you know, wanky stuff. But (laughs) it's now, you know, I'm 40 next year. It's about being strong, being fit, being healthy, have a proactive attitude towards, you know, not getting ill and that kind of stuff. But most importantly, being a good role model to my kids and being able to bend over and pick Willow up without getting us all back and that kind of thing. So for me, it's 30 minutes a day um, and I walk the dog. So one of my home workouts or I'll go to my gym and I'll do a workout or I'll take Evie out, stand up paddleboarding. You know, we mix it up, but I'll try and move my body in some way every day. Um, not perfect, but, you know, I, I, I like it. I know, I know how it makes me feel. It's not how it makes me look. I just know when the endorphins are pumping and you get some fresh air or you know, you push yourself and challenge yourself, you kind of feel invigorated and, you know, some people think it gives you less energy. I tend to think it's the opposite. I think the more you move, the more energy you have, the more focus you have. It helps me with my work. It, um, you know, gives me more patience and energy with my kids and, and the family. So, yeah, it's definitely a part of who I am and hopefully I can carry that well into my 70s and 80s. But, yeah, I love it. So should we be worrying more about exercise or eating well? That's a great question. I would get that question without a word of a lie on a daily basis. It's like people feel they have to choose and they, they, want, they, want, one of, they want one or the other. The reality is both are equally as important. Um, you know, from a weight loss perspective, nutrition is probably more important, but then there's bone density and cardiovascular health and your strength and your mobility and all this other stuff that comes from moving your body. So... They really are equally as important. You're far better off to be an 8 out of 10 in both than try and be a 10 out of 10 in either. I think, um, you know, extreme diets, extreme exercise plans are not sustainable and they don't work. Find something that works for you. Try and be a 7 out of 10 or an 8 out of 10 in both. If you have a glass of wine or you love a piece of chocolate or you need a day off or go for it. Don't beat yourself up about it. Then it has a negative health effect and you're trying to have a positive health effect. So 
in from a mental perspective. So you've got to look at the overall impact it's having on you. Aim for progress, not perfection. And, you know, half an hour a day to 60 minutes a day is all you need to do. And in terms of diets, there's so many out there, there so are, many yeah. different ways of eating. Yeah. So what's your philosophy on eating? Everyone wants the quick fix or the sexy option. And when it comes to food, the reality is uh, jerf, which is just eat real food. You know, we need um, to get rid of stuff out of packets and create food for ourselves. Um, I tend to lean towards a slightly higher protein diet, but that's not to say it's no carb, it's low carb and it's good fats. Don't be scared of fats. Just make sure you're eating the right fats. Make sure you get enough protein. It fills you up. It's great for recovery. And don't not eat any carbs. Just eat the right carbs. So that means avoiding refined sugars and really refined starchy carbohydrate products and eating the good stuff. So what about uh, people who are just starting their exercise journey? Do you have any advice for them? Yeah, I do. It sounds crazy, but the hardest part is starting. And... So many people procrastinate about it. The thing that I would hear equally as much as what's the most important thing, food or, uh, you know, your exercise would be, Sam, I'm going to join your 28 program. I'm going to join your gym when I get fit. And the reality is very few of those people ever do. That's what gyms and programs and yoga and Pilates and bikes are for, to actually take that first step or that first pedal or that first class. And that's what's important. You've just got to get moving. Don't. Don't spend months, worse still, years thinking about it. Get moving. Work it out as you go. You don't have to run 10Ks on your first run. You don't have to be the fittest person in your class. Uh, Find something that works for you. I think that's really, really important. You know, don't worry about what that person's doing. Don't compare yourself to the cover of that magazine or that person you saw on social media. Find something that you're comfortable with. Gyms can be really intimidating places. You know, you need something that's convenient from a time perspective and fits in with your lifestyle and you enjoy it, but it's also well matched to your goals. You know, if you're trying to become super, super strong, you'll need to do some kind of resistance training. If you're trying to be a good runner or good at cardio, you know, you're going to have a cardiovascular part of it, but make sure that it's in line with your goals um, and, and you enjoy doing it. So what are some common mistakes that people make when they're starting on a healthy uh, fitness kick? Yeah, well, they either don't start or they come in too hard, too, too, too big, too hard at the start. News resolutions is probably the most, you know, that's where it's most obvious. You know, the guy who hasn't been for a run for 20 years dusts off the runners and, you know, 35 degree heat, tries to go out for a 15K run and nearly kills himself. You know, baby steps. You know, there's nothing wrong with a seven-minute workout. Don't feel like, you know, you need to be where you used to be or you need to be where that person is. Build it up gradually and always tell yourself that something is better than nothing. And, you know, even though we said before that your training and your nutrition are equally as important, if that's too full-on for you to get your head around, just start with one. And that, you know, start with your exercise, get into some good habits, then make some really um, simple but clever health choices. Maybe identify the three to five worst things that you do and try and fix those. You'll be amazed at how those little changes make a big impact. You mentioned goals before. Yeah. How important is goal setting? I think it depends on the type of person that you are, but for most people, they really, really help. Just keep your eye on the prize, keep you focused Something I say is if you get your head in the right space, your body will follow. And I think goal setting can be incredibly powerful for that. 
Um, but but don't go too big. You know, if you genuinely have 50 kilos to lose, your big goal and your long-term goal can absolutely be to lose 50 kilos. But put that aside and focus on what am I going to achieve for the next month? I mean, I work in 28-day blocks or four-week blocks, but whatever, eight weeks, one month, whatever it is, and say to yourself, okay, my goal is to lose five kilos for the next 30 days. And what happens is you lose that five kilos, you gain momentum, you gain self-belief. Now the ultimate goal is down to 45 kilos. It feels so much more achievable. And when you string those blocks together, one month, one month, one month, oh my God, I've lost 20 kilos in the first three blocks. Now this mountain that I couldn't really see the light at the end of the tunnel and all this kind of stuff, you, you feel like you're really achieving it. I love 28 days because it's long enough to see something, see a real impact. You can lose four, five, six, seven, eight kilos in that time, but it's short enough to keep your eye on the prize. And if you suffer with motivation, nothing will be more motivating than results. So get some really measurable results in a shorter time frame, and that should slingshot you to where you want to be. So a lot of this, it, it's about the goal setting is about motivating you. And oh, I think so, yeah. How does mindset play a role? So mindset's huge. I think, yeah, and they, they all tie together. I mean, yeah. none of these things exist in isolation, but you, you genuinely, so people will come to me and there's, it's not two types of people. It's not that simplistic, but there are the people that come to me and say, damn it, Sam, I'm going to change. I am going to lose 10 kilos and nothing is going to stop me. They've got that look in their eye. You know that they will achieve that. And then there's the people that their body language and their slouch shoulders and their head down Oh, you know, I, I hope to change. And, you know, that can be fear of failure. That can be I've tried 30 times before and it hasn't worked. You know, there's always a backstory to why that's happened. But you need to accept that what you've done in the past has no bearing on what's going to happen in the future. What you do to get into shape is based on what you do moving forward, not what has happened to you in the past. So you need to get rid of that baggage. Easier said than done, but you need to do it. And then you need to um, have the belief and I always say to people, believe it and you'll see it rather than see it and you, you know, see it, see it and you believe it. Um, because you've got to believe it first. If you genuinely, and you can tell in the way, in the, in the way people speak, the, you know, their voice, if they don't believe it, well, they've already, they've already lost the battle. You genuinely have to believe that you're going to change. And I guess from another, you know, the other two things with mindset is you need to accept the motivation is temporary and you're not going to bounce out of bed every single day highly motivated. No one does, me included, elite athletes, they don't do it. The, the people that I see that get results, they get a workout done on the days they're really motivated and they get a workout done on the days that they're not. And that's the important thing. And then, you know, we alluded before about trying to find something that works for you. There's a saying in the fitness industry, make the medicine taste better. You know, whether that's a trainer that you love training with or um, a class that you love or you found a gym that feels like home or a community that you feel a part of or it could be as simple as um, you got a training buddy or the treadmill that you like has a TV on it. So you, when you run, the time goes faster or you listen to your favourite podcast. This one, obviously. But, <laughs> you know, it, it can be anything that just makes the time go faster. You know, not Very few people like exercise. I think if you think... Unfortunately, I was just born not that motivated and I don't love exercise and therefore I'm not in great shape. Well, that's most people. 
That's not why people get in shape. They overcome that. It's not who they are genetically. I've heard you mention that your own behaviours can sabotage good intentions. So can you explain what you mean by this and how you can overcome it? Well, I, I guess it's it's attitude. You know, it's, it's, it's... I mean, there's some really practical examples. So I think comparison is a big one. I think, you know, I, we, we had... I'll give you a recent example. We just finished one of my eight-week challenges and a lady had set her goal of losing six kilos in the eight-week challenge, and she lost seven. But the winner of the eight-week challenge was a big guy, quite muscular, um, you know, had a lot more weight to lose. I think he went from 120 to 104, so he lost, he lost 16 kilos. This woman who'd lost an incredible seven kilos, uh, or six kilos, was frustrated, down in the dumps. You know, if I'd said to her at the start, you're going to lose seven kilos in eight weeks, she would have been doing backflips. So it's all about, you know, if you with social media and all this other stuff, you've got to use other people as inspiration, not comparison. I think that can really sabotage you. The biggest one when it comes to sabotage is food, uh, emotional eating, late night snacking, having weird rules for yourself that you've just told yourself them so long over and over that you start to believe that it's okay. You've justified them and the biggest ones are it's okay to drink because it's the weekend or I've earned this glass of wine or, you know, food's a reward and you tend to develop this unhealthy relationship. And this is not just, I'm not big at all on depriving yourself of all your favourite things. But, you know, we have a saying, is it the weekend or is it the weekend? And, you know, so many people are immaculate Monday morning to Friday lunchtime and then the wheels just fall off and every bit of progress they've made goes out the window from a Friday night to a Saturday with copious amounts of alcohol and hangover behaviours and low motivation and therefore there's no exercise and so they get back to Monday morning they're literally back to the same starting position this continues on for years so I think yeah alcohol uh, food behaviors your self-belief late night snacking um, and then comparing yourself to others would definitely be off the off the top of my head five ways that people can sabotage themselves so you talked about community before when you were yeah. talking about uh, making so the, the, the medicine taste better. Yeah. So how does community play a role in physical activity and being successful? You genuinely get lifted up, whether it's at five extra reps in the class because there's a person next to you who makes you push yourself to a level you wouldn't be able to push yourself or it's an online community where you feel safe and you can ask questions and you get recipe advice or support or you have told someone close to your goals. And therefore, you're accountable to them. You know, they say if you write your goals down, you're twice as likely to achieve them. Or if you tell someone close to you, you're four times as likely to achieve them. So, you know, I think all of these community can be such a powerful thing. Getting in shape can feel like a really lonely experience. And the more you surround yourself with like-minded people. I mean, the thing that I love the most about a 28 community is... People are getting support and advice from people they see like themselves. You know, it's, I, I totally get that as a guy who's always been relatively active and fit, it might be quite hard to relate to me as a 50-year-old mum of three who has 30 kilos to lose. So don't. Look at the 50-year-old mum of three who had 30 kilos to lose over there, hear her incredible story, and you will definitely get more from that than you would from me telling you you could do it. So I think when you can see someone that you see yourself in that has achieved what you want to achieve, there's nothing more powerful. Okay, so next, can we talk about the importance of the quality and consistency when you're exercising? Intensity, variety, 
and consistency when it comes to your workouts will beat volume every day of the week. And I think the problem or one of the challenges that we face is people have convinced themselves that you need to do hour, hour and a half, seven days a week to get anywhere. And it's just not true. It's about stringing those workouts together. When you set yourself an hour, an hour and a half workouts, the problem is they very rarely happen. I mean, I get asked the question, what's the best workout? Like there's a magic workout weekly. And my answer isn't what they expect. My answer is the one that you do. And my, um, you know, 28 minute workouts you can do from home, high intensity interval training, full body workouts, functional, um, you know, a, a, a functional focus, the results are ridiculous and, you know, not a heap of equipment. You don't need a gym. You don't need an hour each day. And I've witnessed that with, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. So you, no one's going to convince me that you do need the latest, greatest gym and you need an hour and a half a day or you need the best trainer. All of that stuff's a nice to have, but it definitely isn't what you need to get results. You've just got to move your body consistently. Don't do the same thing. I can't believe the amount of people that Went into a gym in 2005, they got an eight-week program and they're still doing the same bloody thing and wondering why they got these great results for eight weeks and they've now been on a 15-year plateau. You've got to change it up. Your body's very smart. It works out what's going on and to break through those plateaus, you've got to change it up and that might be you change your environment, you know. Don't do the same run around the block every Wednesday that you've always done. Find some stairs, find a hill, do some intervals at the park. Anything to shake it up and shock your body will create change. So what about morning or night? Is, is any time better or worse? Not really. I mean, there's probably a, we're talking half a percent, a percent difference. The, the, be, the real benefit of training in the morning is you tend to train on an empty stomach. So you go into fat burning mode marginally quicker than if you'd had a big meal. Um, but most importantly, you get it done. Because life's unpredictable and you can have the greatest of intentions for your 6pm workout, but it often won't happen because kids and work and all this other stuff interferes where if you set the alarm for six and you get it done and you're in the shower by quarter to seven and you're away, nothing can take that workout away from you. So I am a big fan of morning workouts, but it's not for the same physiological benefits that I think people assume. So you talked about high interval intensity workouts. What is it that you like about them? Efficiency. I think the bang for your buck is you know, second to none, you know, most people want to be fitter, be stronger and burn fat and a HIIT workout, whether you're going to an F45 class or a body fit class or whatever it is, or you're doing a at home HIIT class with Kayla or me or whatever, you're going to get great benefits from it um, because you're mixing up the strength component, the endurance component, the cardio component, and they're typically functional full body movements to get your heart rate as high as you can. And there's, there's options, you know, different levels, you low impact options. You can still, low impact doesn't mean low intensity. You can still get a great workout even without all the bouncing plyometric movements that I think often turn people off. So how do you know if you're doing a, a HIIT workout, a HIIT training program? Uh, well, the, the real thing is, it, it's all in, I guess, the definition. Do you feel like you're training at a high intensity? Now, the thing with high intensity is you can't sustain that for 20 minutes. It's physically impossible. You're going to hit the wall in one, two, three minutes, depending on your conditioning. So intervals mean you push yourself for a period, then you rest, and then you go again. Push yourself, rest, go again. And high intensity is a relative term. You know, my high intensity might be different to your high intensity. You know, you can wear heart rate monitors or whatever it is to get a gauge on it, but 
I just use the, the, the 10 scale, you know, do you feel that there are moments in this workout you're getting up to a nine or a 10 out of 10? Cause you should, you know, if it's, you got to get comfortable getting out of your comfort zone. If it's fine to go for a walk, nothing wrong going for a walk. I love walking, but if that's all you do, you're going to be getting fit at that very, you know, you're getting healthy and you're getting some benefit, but it's not great for full body. You're not getting a lot of resistance work, a um, little bit of impact in the legs and it's not high intensity. So you, you're not going to get results anywhere near as fast as if you mixed it up a little bit. But it doesn't have to be in a gym. Again, heels, stairs, body weight, exercise in the beach, in the park, whatever you want to do. So what are the signs if, say, for example, you're a person who's just started the exercise journey, yep. you're doing a high intensity workout. Yeah. What are the signs if you're just going too hard, too fast, too soon? Yeah. Look, you'll know pretty fast. I think. You know, you'll be. You won't. You won't be able to do it. You might feel nauseous. You might not be able to walk the next day. I mean, that's not my style. I think these trainers that think they've succeeded if they break you is a bit archaic. The, you know, you you've got it's, again progressive. You can find on YouTube, easy as you like, fantastic five minute hit workouts. And again, it's relative. So pace yourself at your own high intensity and build yourself up five minutes, seven minutes, 10 minutes until eventually you can do a 15 or 20 minute hit session um, and listen to your body. You know, don't, you can, you can go hit one day, walk and stretch the next, hit one day, walk and stretch the next, giving yourself proper recovery. There's no point feeling like, okay, I'm now on a mission and you're three workouts in and you ping a calf or do a hammy or, you know, that will really frustrate you to be one step forward, 10 steps back. And that's the last thing that you want. So for those wanting to do cardio, yep. what exercises would you recommend that are better than just staying on the exercise bike or, or the same old stepper? Well, look, the more, the two things that get your heart rate up is impact and how many muscles you use. So, you know, if you're looking at a spectrum, I guess, bikes, bikes still good. It's bikes great because it's low impact and you can find some hills or, you know, really push yourself. You can still get your heart rate up, but it's typically only lower body and there's no impact. So if you then want to take that to the next level, you can run or you can row or you can do a versa climb or, or, uh, you know, you can swim, you know, swim is not the impact, but it is the full, full body. So it's probably going to be slightly higher than swimming, uh, slightly higher than cycling, but lower than running. So, Again, they're all great options. Try not to go through the motions. Try not to just stay at the same pace for 30 minutes every time you do it. That might be one of your rides or one of your swims or one of your runs, but make the other one intervals or something challenging um, and find what works for you. I mean, I like combining my cardio with some functional movements. And it might be, you know, 60 seconds on the rower into 20 burpees, into 20 push-ups, into 20 squats, back on the rower. You never get a chance to recover, but you're doing some resistance work with some cardio work. Don't need a lot of equipment. Bodyweight exercises typically are best because they're the most functional and they recruit the most muscles. Um, and yeah, you can basically do it anywhere. So functional fitness is a term that we hear a lot. Yeah. How do you interpret it? Look, I think Anything that enhances your body to move better, really. I mean, that's just me coming off the top of my head. I haven't really given that much thought. But, you know, we want to be able to function better. So we don't want to get a sore back. We want to, we want good posture. Um, you know, there should be, we should have a strong core, strong core stability and balance. Um, 
the workouts shouldn't be out of balance, and by that I mean too lower body dominant, too upper body dominant, too push movement dominant, dominant, which is one you see a lot. Lots of burpees, lots of push-ups, not much rowing, not much chin-ups, all that kind of stuff, and everyone gets a bit out of whack. So you want a bit of a balance around the body, a balance between strength and core, um, strength and cardio, but you know, getting on all of these machines in these isolated movements tend to be a far less functional. The more it's moving your own body weight, full range of motion, um, your core muscles are all getting engaged, you know, the, the more that's actually going to help you in the real world. You see a lot of people, they look a million bucks because they're great in the gym, but it doesn't necessarily transfer over into sort of, you know, functional strength. And resistance training, can you just explain what that is? Yeah, I think people misconceive resistance training is only in the gym. Resistance training is anything against a resistance. So Swiss ball, Pilates, yoga, body weight exercises, band exercises, uh, using some, you know, floaties in a aqua aerobics class, you know, anything that you have to resist against to get a muscular contraction is resistance exercise. And if you're not doing it, you're going to waste away from a muscle perspective. You're going to lose your strength. And particularly as you get older, you're going to lose your bone density and all of those things spell trouble. You've spoken a bit about it at the top of the podcast, but can you explain what 28 by Sam Wood is? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like maybe I jumped ahead, but so my, (laughs) my, uh, my online program gives you a 28 minute workout every day with me, a video workout, five different levels, low impact options, pregnancy, postnatal. You get a weekly eating plan with 21 recipes. And you can swap and drop recipes. If you're going out for dinner, you can drop it. If you want a different smoothie for breakfast, you can swap it. There's 3,000 recipes to choose from. But and yeah, both of those things I'm super proud of. But the thing I'm most proud of is that we actually really help people in real time support them. So I do videos every single day in real time to my 28ers. Um, we have this incredible commu- fa- you know, closed Facebook community that I'm on every single day. We support each other. We have SamCam on my app where I deliver little videos to you for education or motivation or people might have put questions in and I'm answering their questions. We do live workouts. We do live Q&A sessions. And, you know, in a digital world, you don't feel alone. You feel incredibly supported. You know, the fact that you can get such good results working out at home means we're hugely popular with mums. Um, you know, not just mums, but a big portion of our 28 is are mums. And yeah, the meals are delicious. And I think people, you know, love to discover that uh, you can lose weight and eat healthily and it doesn't have to taste like cardboard. And that's something we really pride ourselves on. So what do you think it is so popular with mums? Look, I just, I just think the connect or, or the, the, the fit with your lifestyle, you know, so many mums want to get slowly but surely back in shape after having a baby. But I see firsthand how hard that is. You know, get the kids in the car, organise a babysitter, drive to the gym, find a car park. It's not an enjoyable experience or it's a very expensive experience. So to be able to do a 28-minute workout in your daggiest clothes on your lounge room floor while your little baby sleeps or your toddler climbs on your head or whatever it is and all you need is your phone or your iPad means you get those workouts done. And then recipes that are family friendly where you don't have to cook three meals for different family members and everyone loves, you know, the healthy spag bowl or whatever it is, that's a real hit too. So I just, you know, we we created 28. Um, it's interesting, you know, we didn't create it for mums. Mums sort of discovered us, you know, our, our audience found us rather than who we were looking for. It's just all my philosophies over 20 years have kind of culminated in this program 
quick workouts, working in 28-day blocks, no point working out if you're eating crap and make sure you support people. And I think once we tied all that in with some great tech and a really good program and other awesome personalities and experts, it's just really well suited to our, to mums and, yeah, people are loving it. So where can we find out more? Uh, you just go to the website, 28bysamwood.com, join up, then you get free access to the app on iOS or Android and uh, you'll be part of my family and we can start working together straight away. Sam Wood, thank you very much for joining us on the GMHBA Healthier Together podcast. Absolute pleasure. Cheers, mate. It's a new dawn in health insurance because GMHBA are partnering with AIA Vitality to encourage us to be healthier by rewarding healthy choices. Join GMHBA V Plus with AIA Vitality to earn real rewards for health checks, exercising, even eating well. Changing how you think about health insurance for life. GMHBA and AIA Vitality. Healthier together.